Hello there, friends. Uh, happy Thanksgiving week. It appears that Thanksgiving is the thing again. We're, uh, I don't have any fucking Christmas decorations up yet. I can't do fucking Christmas from Halloween to Christmas. I can't right. sustain that. No. Is that sustainable for you? No, not at all. Oh, and then I'm just pissed off because I've heard that music. And when I initially, when I hear Christmas music, I'm kind of fa la 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 la. Like I, but fuck, man, how like then it becomes like you're locked in a prison cell hearing the same shit over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then I go Christmas shopping and I'm like, get the fuck out of my way and like, give me that. That's mine. And then I'm. It doesn't escalate uh, uh, that much. But. Uh, okay, can I interrupt here? <laughs> Please do. Yeah, it welcome like listeners. Oh, this is the yeah. Man Made Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's Jeff, our shaman. Uh, he's riding shotgun. I'm Greg Allen. I'm uh, got my hands on the wheel. I'm a little bit, a lot worried today. I'm worried. <laughs> okay. And you're low on neuroticism. So for you to be a lot worried, that's. Then we ought to have some. Uh, we have some interesting. Uh, I, I have some small talk. Oh, good. All right. Uh, if if is that okay? Yeah. Because we, we decided in our last episode that uh, we uh, needed to commit to it mm -hmm. or not. Yeah, I think we're in. Okay. Um, so the big, the big thing in Evansville, right, was oh. <laughs> the implosion of the 420 main building. So that tells you mm -hmm. a little bit about life in Evansville <laughs> and there could be a correlation to why I drink so much, but it's like, and how long has this been going on, man? They've been talking oh, about this years. Oh my yeah. fucking God. Anyway, <laughs> Sunday morning at 7am was the big, the, uh, the big day. And I, procured, I don't know if that's the right use of that word, but I heard somebody say that word and I thought, eh, I'm going to start <laughs> using that. An invitation to watch the implosion from a previous guest of ours, mm -hmm. Big Check Chapman. Big Check Chapman. Big Check Chapman. <laughs> uh, he has an office just down from where we record looking right into the implosion area. And so I... Uh, we went down there and there were Bloody Marys and oh. mimosas, which is the, <laughs> that's the main reason why. We, yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, and, uh, cause we had to get up at six fifteen. No, we had to be, we were supposed to be there at six fifteen, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so we went down there and probably drank a little bit more than I intended. Kind of came oh. in a little hot on that, but I was still, it was okay. <laughs> But I, I don't, it, like, then when the implosion happened, like, I had, like, this, like, 9-11 flashback. Mm -hmm, like, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. like, my chest tightened up, and I was like, holy shit, holy shit. And then it was like, oh, that was awesome. And I'm not sure if I did all that out loud uh -huh. or internally. Right, right. Because as I previously mentioned, I had a few <laughs> of his delicious Bloody Marys. Mm -hmm. Um so anyway, that was my uh, Sunday morning in Evansville, Indiana. Yeah, and I saw your uh, tape. Or it, <laughs> I said tape. <laughs> I take that out, Eric. Right. No, no, no. Leave that in. I saw your recording on Facebook. That yeah. was neat. I put the and, wrong one up first. Yeah. But then, yeah. 
and then there was three thousand other ones. Yeah, on. right. <laughs> it was right. like, oh, you thought every, it was just you. Yeah, right? I, did. I totally did, man. <laughs> when I put that up there, I had like this moment of narcissism where I'm like, I will be, and then it's like yeah. there's just fucking no. seven thousand. Well, I had anyway. this great plan. Our, our condo is in the zone where you're. Oh, not, that's right. Yeah, where you're not supposed to be. Yeah. And so my plan was, and it said you, the building's locked down from 5 a.m. to 11.30. So it's like, okay, I got to get out of here at 5. So I was all ready. I had everything. I was going to ride my bike out. I had, I left my truck a couple blocks down the road. <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, oh, I'll just go back to sleep. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's like 6.30. I go, I can't get out of here. Huh. And I looked out the window. And there's people patrolling the street, you know. Wow. I don't know if they would arrest me, you know, but... Right. I didn't want Maybe to walk just a out. tongue wagging or something. Yeah. I got your ass back in there. So, yeah. So I went on back inside, but I had, the, I had the television on to watch it, but I could see it from my balcony, kind of oh. sideways, not a straight on view. So I'm walking towards the balcony, but I'm looking at the television and, and it's like, nothing's going on. They said, well, we got another 30 seconds, whatever. And then the thing started blowing oh, up, yeah. you know? And it was prompt. Like it was very punctual. Oh yeah. Well, it was right before seven o'clock, yeah. um, you know, maybe. 10 seconds, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm standing at the balcony and they said, you know, if you're in the building, they said it definitely don't go outside. There's a few of us that have balconies or patios and I, you know, I had to do it. I didn't mean to do it, but I open the door and I look out and I see what looked like cinder blocks flying up against those, um, transport carrier yeah, things, yeah. you know, and then the dog freaks out. <laughs> and, but the neat thing was, is, so I got this little, seismograph app on my phone or whatever okay so it didn't detect anything huh it didn't do anything but right now i, I was up I, it's actually in our loft so that's suspended so maybe that's something but the cleanup effort is whacking the heck out of that thing you know uh -huh. i mean I, it, it the loft is moving huh. interesting so, yeah sort of it was kind of funny because when we were at uh the viewing party the fact that we're talking about this as much as we are I know, I'm tells sorry. how pathetic, how little there is to do in our fair city. Mm -hmm. I'll probably get in trouble for saying that. Anyway, but somebody was making the joke of, I wonder who, I wonder how many people will call 911 oh, yeah. concerned about what happened. And uh, ha, 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 we had a good laugh about that, right? Well, I had somebody on my Facebook thing, like, <laughs> said, Heard a loud crash. Is everyone okay? <laughs> like, are you fucking oh, kidding no, me? We have been talking about this to death, uh, and you are the one guy yeah. that somehow didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so probably more than you ever wanted to know about that. Uh, so we should probably make haste to get to the source of uh, your nervousness today. <laughs> Okay, like what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I'm I'm drinking this um, this magic water. Mm -hmm. Have you had it before? No, I haven't. Uh, Is it doing anything? I don't feel magical. Okay, it's give so, it time. It's like electric or something. Yeah. For our, our our listeners, he's got a quart of water. Out, drinking it out of a mason jar quart. Yeah, and I was told <laughs> I had to drink it like with a certain amount of haste because it was going to lose its electric. Oh, yeah. I can see the ions coming right out of the top. Is so that, you, yes, fucking bullshit. Right, but oh, still. okay. I was like, what? <laughs> I want to see the ions. I literally started looking for the ions. Uh, anyway, uh, not delicious, but I'm not going to let that interfere yeah. with our conversation today. Yeah, and so apparently 
all this uh, side talk is maybe we're just afraid to step into this because today we want to talk about what you would call death, <laughs> what I want to call life. <laughs> so okay, what it seems somewhat at odds, but here we well, go. Well, yeah, they're so connected. I'm calling it death and you're calling it life. Okay. <laughs> well, you made me think about it when you made the, uh, you brought up that quote about um, when death smiles upon you, be ready to smile back. I mean, that's all you can do. It's not really, it's, it's, it's a little bit up. different, but death smiles at us all. All we can do is smile back. I, I think I was Marcus Aurelius, but yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but you know, I nitpick shit. I'm so, yeah, I shouldn't have tried it. I annoy myself sometimes. Okay. Not very often, but sometimes yeah. actually. Yeah. So in our life, we yeah. want to see what would it take to where we can smile back. Right. All right. So in that sense, sure, there's, there's uh, thoughts of, of death that you have to entertain, but what is it about life that we have? It seems to- like you would since the last I checked, the mortality rate stays at 100%, <laughs> right? right? Has that changed? No, no. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> which is so fucking interesting that we know how the goddamn story ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know, like, boom, I'm gone. Yeah. yeah. And yet... What we do in the meantime is just astounding. Yeah. Have you seen people, uh, I mean, certainly there's, you could have a a healthy fear, but have you seen people trying to find ways to either avoid it or, I mean, avoid the thought of it, you know? Um, Seems like the number one way, especially in our country with its heritage, right, is just the promise of an afterlife. mm Mm-hmm is, you know, that's their, you know, that's their salve to that wound is that there's a better life waiting for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unless I don't make the cut and then it's fucking dreadful. That's it. So to those Which is a huge downside for you (laughs) afterlife people, right? (laughs) That reminds me of my first uh, evangelical effort which I was corrected immediately by someone more mature. I'd been a believer for like eight days. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was ready. Oh, and you had your enthusiasm, right? Oh. You were like, everybody wants <laughs> to hear this. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, now it wasn't exactly for me because I'm still sorting it out, but I'm thinking I got to live this. And so some a friend of mine was, was, you know, was cussing about something, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I, I'm not supposed to cuss around you anymore, which is ridiculous, but... I said, no, dude, the way I understand it is the way you're living would suggest, I can't determine this, but indications would be that you're going to hell. So yeah, cuss, drink, fornicate, do what you need to do, because this is it. And, and he was like, mm. uh, okay. <laughs> and somebody overheard, you pulled just, me aside and said, we got to have another strategy. <laughs> dude, you just kind of took some of the fun out of my drinking, fornicating <laughs> Wow. Well, well, I thought, why why hold back? Because when it's over, you're going to be, dang, I wish I'd have done that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. <laughs> so while we're on that, right. uh, we, we somewhere along the line, you know, I knew we were going to get to a spiritual component. Uh, you led with that. <laughs> okay. So let's just say down to the basics, if we were to to look at Jesus from a politically correct perspective, what could he have said that we could say, oh, you know, we could agree with that. Oh, okay. And, and that would be uh, death is real. It's going to happen. This physical death. Seems like it. Yeah. Suffering is a thing, <laughs> you know. Okay. And um, and live on purpose. So it's it's almost pulling the life out of, 
out of the Jesus's message by not saying what that purpose is, but that's not the purpose of this podcast. So he would say live on purpose. I mean, he showed that uh, we can't do it to the extent he did, but we can we should be able to actually so, based something. on your own book. But okay, <laughs> I'm just saying you guys got the Holy Spirit. Oh, right, right. But we Holy Spirit supposed to be supercharging you we guys. We can resist that a whole lot <laughs> more than go. Jesus Always could. Always got the trump card. There <laughs> yeah. we go. You can resist the Holy Spirit? Then what good is the Holy... Like, <laughs> Look, this is not what we're okay, getting Okay, sorry, sorry. Digress. All, all right, right, here we go. Back on track. <laughs> so so th- that being said, we don't need to dive in deeper. I mean, we could in another podcast about okay. all of that. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, it's, it's enough to get us started on... Do we understand from the beginning that that the the destination has already been determined, or I should say that the termination of our life is inevitable from conception, and that destination being death? Yes, right. Yes. So, is that something that would help out? I mean, if we could wrap our heads around that as early as we could, you know, as early as we're making lifelong decisions, right. it seemed like that might be a guide for how to live today. If I know that there's an, a, a specific number of them. And I, the emphasis on work that out, if we, I think every person deserves, right, to work it out on their own. Okay. And because none of us know for sure, mm-hmm. right? There, there, you don't know what happens when you die. I don't know what happens when we die. I wouldn't listen to me talk about, you know, I'd, <laughs> right, if right. I were you listener, I'd make up your own fucking mind. Yeah. I wouldn't. And I, for me at a, at a much later stage in life had to work that out on my own because of the environment that I was raised in. It was in, it was imposed from outside in. This is what happens when you die. Mm-hmm. And that was fucking stressful to me. Really fucking yeah. stressful. Now did that, what I'm curious is how did that affect how you were living? Not, not for me, yeah. it was a distraction from living Oh, okay. because it was, it what felt like a 50-50 chance, right? <laughs> I don't really I got a chance at paradise or I got a chance at eternal suffering. So that for a very long time in my life was a that was the background noise. Mm-hmm. You know, did I say uh, the prayer right? Did I am I doing enough? Well, I don't have to worry about that because I'm saved by grace. And but then, you know, the, the so many so there was such there was so much background noise that for me became a profound distraction from being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now I know a lot of I don't know what I don't know what categories we should use, but I know a lot of people find comfort in those religious ideas. You know that there is another life, and I, I, I don't want right. to I don't want to define that too much. So I was not afforded the opportunity to work it out mm-hmm. on my own, right. and in the environment that I was in. That really wasn't even a possible. <laughs> like right. there was, yeah, there was right. only one right answer, and yeah. you better give the right answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I started to divert from that and started to need to ask questions, what about this? What about this? What about this? Those were not. I wasn't permitted the working out of that. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was then it just further imposed. This is what we believe. 
you're going to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm maybe over, over clarifying that, but I, I think what you said is categorically imperative. Mm-hmm. Each person has to work it out for themselves and should be afforded that and allowed to draw the outcome that they draw. Mm-hmm. This is where I land on this. This is where I land on this. I just think that's imperative. Yeah. And then, and that's a big deal, right? So with oh, yeah. kids, that's going to start at a young age, but that's going to go on for a long time. Yeah. 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 And, and you would think even as a child, you could see the, the finality in life because people around you are going to die, a, a grandparent or something, you know, and so you'll see uh, that mortality idea. Right. And then the other, the other part, the suffering part, you know, at what point in life can we realize, okay, there's junk that's going on and you cannot avoid it. You might be able to shift it or even ask for it <laughs> in certain ways, but the, the suffering component, it seems like in order to live a life more fully, you have to understand first that it, it's finite in the physical sense and that it will include suffering. It Well, and that's where... For me, and it was articulated differently, but I think there's illusions of this in in your system. But it, it I mean, Buddhism says life is suffering. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. <laughs> yeah. Life is suffering, yeah. and you can balk at that initially. And if you do, you just haven't lived long enough. Yeah, yeah. because you're going to live long enough to experience profound suffering. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is. If you're not going through suffering, somebody else is. Yeah, yeah. And so it may sound nihilistic to assume that, that life is suffering. It's like, life is not suffering. If you had a goddamn positive mental attitude, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you and your yeah. positive mental attitude. It's like, no, that's fundamentally true. Mm-hmm. And two of the most significant, although that doesn't seem like a large enough word, experiences in life— one is to give comfort to someone who is suffering, mm-hmm. but the other is to receive comfort. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is so, it just, I, I don't, I, I don't have big enough words to, yeah. to receive comfort. Mm-hmm. And this is an area in life for us men where we really, this is a, catastrophic void for us oh yeah where we don't one we can't even acknowledge in some form or fashion life is suffering Mm -hmm. we sure as fuck can't say i am suffering right and then subsequently we sometimes give comfort but we seldom receive it right right yeah that's important this the whole doing life together is what's going to get us through that right well, something I'd like to do is um, uh, use an example. My dad is who I wanted to bring up here uh, because his his mantra in life, in his all through his life, but in his last years, was um, "I'm satisfied." And like that struck me. Like, how did you come to that? And how how did you get there? Right. You know. And so he gets to a stage in life where I'm. I can. I mean, is that kind of oh. a? I'm ready to go. No, no, or no. Life. That, I'm life glad you asked for that. Different. Okay. It's not like I'm content. I'm finished. Okay. It's like whatever the experience was, 
uh, the, the times I'm remembering before he was a lot older, it was things that might've went wrong. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know, okay. uh, and it's like, uh, but he would relive it and he would, he, he would just say, well, I'm satisfied. You know, like overall it was good. Uh, yeah, that was bad. This was bad and all that, but it was good, you know? And, and then in his later years, and we used to love to watch him do this. He, when he was sitting down, he'd have his cane between his legs, uh, just bouncing it on the ground here and there. And, uh, and he would tell his story and it'd be like, whoa, you endured that? Whoa, that's bad. Oh man. You know, it's like, that's not good. And then, uh, and then, and then he would kind of shake his head and tap his cane on the ground as if an exclamation point was like, I'm satisfied. You know, like on the whole, that was good. And, and the story that I, I used in his eulogy, uh, which two of his friends from the, uh, I don't want to say the early 30s, 1930s. <laughs> One of them was at his funeral. That's amazing. Uh-huh. But um, so every Friday, this was in the Great Depression, and on, and they would they were working as kids just to make grocery money. That that was, you know, groceries were rationed, but they worked at a grocery store. And he he was working the system back then. <laughs> right. But anyway, they would get a bottle of Coke on Friday. Those little six and three quarter ounce glass bottles. They would get it from the store owner. And uh, and ride down the street away from all, everybody else and divide it between the three of them. You know, each of them sipping on it and stuff. Oh, they got one Coke. One Coke, yeah. Wow. And uh, and 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 he would smile when he'd tell the story. Oh, I'm satisfied. You know, now you could give a kid a two liter or whatever they want. Oh, fucking right. I mean, at Wendy's you got 15 choices. You know, pressing buttons and oh, doing whatever. I yeah. can't even get a drink out of that. I need to get hey, some water. Stress here, me know? the fuck out. I can't do that either. Yeah. So. So I, I was looking at what, what made him that way. How, how did he get like that? And the funny thing is, is you asked me before if I'd ask him that. Uh-huh. I may have not used those words, but I know I initiated that conversation. Right. And, uh, and I remember the type of res- response he gave. And I don't know if these are the words, but I know this is what he would have said if I was going to imitate him. If I were to say, you know, Dad, what did you do? Or what do I need to do even to end up at the end of life to say I'm satisfied? And uh, he, he would say, just live your life, son. You know you're going to die, so live. And then the third thing he'd say was, don't overthink it. <laughs> he said that uh, second only to I love you. I mean, throughout our life, he, you know, he'd say, I love you, son. You know, And, um, and to me and a little bit to my brother. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and he would always tell me, you, you just overthink it, you know. He'd give me instructions to go do something or just tell me to do something. And I would ask so many questions, you know. How do you want this done? Do I do this? Well, if we do it this way. And he would, I remember him saying, do I have to ABC you? And I, as an older person, I'm thinking, well, heck, yeah, if you want it done right. But I have this memory as a kid. I, I, I would be surprised if it was a preschooler, but it was somewhere early on. Because I remember thinking, do you have to ABC me? I don't know. But when I learn them, I'm going to nail those ABCs so we don't have to go through this. <laughs> and uh, it, it must have been a frustration to him, I know. But his point was in, in his answer. Well, because you overthink everything. Absolutely. And his mantra was don't over. Okay. Don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when he would say just live, it's because he lived in such a way that it, it just it poured out of him naturally that was going to end in a point of satisfaction. I, I, he couldn't have told me why I would have asked a hundred ways, but I thought about, you know, well, how did he live his life? And I'd mentioned before 
with his uh, input on dating was be respectful and be kind. Well, he also was um, uh, a man of integrity and and service. So he, he looked at how can I serve my family or God and my family and the community, and that's what his life embodied was was service. Um, I mean, he was a volunteer in the school system and all that for longer than he actually worked <laughs> in the corporate world, huh? you know, uh, that fortunate because he lived that long, you yeah. know, but, uh, but that's how his whole life was. But the cool thing is he was not afraid of death and he was not afraid of scarcity because he grew up mm. in the depression. Right. So scarcity, I mean, if we say, well, what do we do if we don't have this or that? He's like, I'm done without food, you yeah. know, <laughs> we and just the, keep living is what we, right. Yeah. And, uh, and he wasn't afraid of dying. He volunteered for the, enlisted for the Korean War, the arguably the most gruesome and bloody war that we'd been in. Mm-hmm. He volunteered for it, you know, and he, he comes back unscathed physically. You know, he had friends die, and he knew what that was like. He actually was in for eight years. So, well, in the military eight years. But uh, so he wasn't afraid of the death thing. It was like that was a worthy service to, to do. So... I'm thinking, what if I could embody that? Or what if we could, you know, as men, it's like, I'm not going to be afraid of dying. I'm, I'm going to serve other people and I can get through scarcity. You know, I mean, we don't have the background to say oh, we've made it through with a loaf of bread for six of us for two weeks. Mm-hmm. We can't say that, but I mean, and he can. So I don't know what we'd have to rely on to say we could do it. But at some well, point. We used to have story, right? We used to have story. Yes. That. Yes. You know, men like that would tell their story Mm -hmm. and then that story would literally code in our brain Mm -hmm. to where we would, okay, that's, that's coded in my brain. I could do that. And you think about, you think about our use of story Mm -hmm. in, in our life now, it's almost gone. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, children's stories and all the wisdoms of, you know, the boy that cried wolf or, you know, all of those little, but the power of story that used to just be told over and over and over again. Now you can remember, right? What was, what was one of the most common things pre-technological explosion that a kid would say to their parent? Will you tell me a story? Oh yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Read me a story or tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And that oh, story, man. story is almost, it's, it's almost gone yeah. and it's been replaced with the life enhancing TikTok and YouTube. Yeah. And that's nothing, you know, right. <laughs> it, does, so, it doesn't have the power of story. No. So uh, another thing that I, I think steals our time and deprives us of joy or even the present is some type of preoccupation, mm-hmm. you know, to where we're just not even present. I mean, we've talked about how important that is. Right. And uh, and I I thought about that with my dad like why would he was never worried about anything. And when you think about financial stuff, you know, he worked a, a modest job for 34 years and retired. Um but I, I remember they, they bought some property when I was a child cuz what you did back then is you bought property and then you got everybody together and you built a house, you know. Uh and then they decided, well, we don't want to live out there. But the values were going up. They could have held on to it and whatever. But he didn't want to be worried about that. He just sold it, you know. Um, the same thing with uh, when he retired. 
there was all kind of people saying, well, look, you need to put your 401k here, your IRAs here, whatever, and do all that. And he goes, uh, no, no, I'm finished with that. Put that in a savings account at the bank. I know where it is. I can go get it. It's like, well, that's, that's financially like putting your head in the ground. You know, it's like, that doesn't make sense. But I say that, but he did that in the early 80s. So he knows nothing about the financial crisis of, of uh, 87, you know, what was it, Black Monday or something like that. Yeah. And then 2002, the dot-com bubble, <laughs> right. or 2008. He doesn't know anything about that because his money was still raking in three and three quarters percent, <laughs> you know, for 30 years. So he never saw the spikes, never, uh, you know, got to benefit from the gains. But he didn't also lose 50% of his value overnight. You know, right. so he never was thinking about that. Yeah. So I'm wondering, how can we as men get to the point where, yeah, we want to make decisions we think are wise and prudent, but how can we not be preoccupied with that? How, how, and you brought up a term before about where does your mind go in unoccupied moments? So what are you thinking about when you're not forced to think about something? Right. So um, how do we get there? How do we? Well, I'll, I'll go back to your earlier statement where you have to work it out. And I do think you have to, you know, there's a common phrase in psychology and self-help and all that bullshit, begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. I think that is useful. Mm -hmm. I think it is very, very useful to begin my life with the end in mind. Now, obviously, I have to, you know, at five, I may not want to start with the gravity of that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. But at some point, and there's a point in our development where we do start to become aware of our mortality and we start to worry about our parents dying and those kinds of things. Um, you know, that's, and that's fairly young. You know, it's fairly young that we become preoccupied with our parents' mortality and mm -hmm. what would we do. So we start to have this understanding yeah. and it's useful to have conversations about that. But we tend to try to comfort those kinds of things. Yeah. But for me, I had to work that out. For me, the, the, the thought of an afterlife was stressful as fuck. <laughs> the thought of living forever was terrifying. You have <sighs> got to be kidding me. I don't need that, man. Forever? And then the thought of heaven and hell and am I going... So for me... That became mm -hmm. such a distraction mm -hmm. that it was taking me away from my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the comfort of letting all that go, like, I don't, uh, I don't believe there's an afterlife. Yeah. I believe when you die, you're done. Mm -hmm. You go back into the energy of the universe. Well, we won't get into all yeah. that. But it's like now... When I start living with a sense of urgency that I don't get any more time, this is my time, mm -hmm. and I'm not distracted by where am I going to spend eternity. And I know some people find that comforting. Yeah, and if you find was, that comforting, woohoo, great for you. It was distracting for you. It's messing oh, with your present. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So when I start thinking about, this is my, this is the only time I get with Greg. This is the only time that I get with my kids. Mm -hmm. This is this is it. That doesn't terrify me. Okay. That keeps me rooted in yes, the present. Yes. That keeps me thinking about this is it. Mm -hmm. Like are you going to die where people no one shows up at your funeral and like he was a dick? <laughs> or are you building something? Mm -hmm 
to where your children want to comfort you, that when your eulogy is spoken, that they can actually say something that was that was useful, that you gave more to this life than you took mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. What the, you know, those are my yeah. those are my yeah. values. That that got me back okay. in the present. Yeah. And I think what when I heard that Marcus Aurelius quote, death smiles at us all, all we can do is smile back. It's like that is fucking true. Mm-hmm. That's not morbid. That's not yeah, yeah. that's not taking my power away where I'm just sitting in fear. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I can live my life with a smile on my face, knowing that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, being as invested in the present as I can possibly be, and I want to live a long life. I want, you know, I'm not like, mm-hmm. I don't want to die. I don't want to, you know, when my doctor says you got to cut back on your bourbon intake, then I will. <laughs> for a week. But not a day before. <laughs> not a fucking day before. Okay. Um, you know, those uh, kinds a- of things. But I know your orientation is completely different, and then your belief in an afterlife, those kinds of things are very inspiring to you to living more in the present. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. But I could see where a guy could be preoccupied with the finality of it, whether he thought there was something beyond this physical life or not. And so you've managed to to dispel that. So and some people are comforted by it, and some people are not. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. It's yeah. okay for you to be comforted in your belief that there is an afterlife. And it's okay for me to be comforted in the fact that this is all the time that I get, and I want to be as present as I can possibly be in this time. And you and I can actually respect each other's the fact that we've both done the process. Mm -hmm. You have worked it out. For you, I have worked it out for me. They inspire us in ways that are more congruent than incongruent, so we can now just live life together. Mm-hmm. But you got to work it out for yourself. You can't <laughs> fucking go ask anybody else because nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows if we die and there's more or we don't. There's. People can give arguments as to why there is an afterlife. People can give arguments why there's not. It's like, or we can stop wasting our time with those arguments. (laughs) We can stop thinking that somebody else is going to have a satisfying answer to this question for me. And I can dig in and I can figure out what it is that I believe because death does smile at us all. Mm-hmm. And all we can do is smile back. And I choose this belief system to have a smile when death smiles at me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we can be intentional about, intentional about what we're going to do from here to there, from yeah. here to the, and, and, and think it through. And we need to recognize as well that not everybody's going to do it the same way. Um, I think it was Seneca that said some people might approach something with physical activity for toil and pleasure and just being themselves, and some people approach it with the quiet reflection. And and I used to think, oh, I might be doing this wrong because I'm totally content 
sitting and reading or writing or drawing, <laughs> I could do that for too many hours. Yeah. You know? uh, but when it's time to be with the people that I need to be with, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I used to think, man, should I be out there doing something? Should I be interacting? Should I be jumping up and down? I don't, I'm not inclined to do that. Right. But yeah, so we have to even how people express that on a day-to-day basis. We have right. to be open to that. And I'll be honest, man. I switched teams when my mom died. Oh, yeah. You know, when she, her faith was so important to her. And to be there when she was, you know, finally passing. And, I mean, it was terrifying and it was amazing, you know, yeah. to give her comfort. For her to believe that she was going to see me in heaven was the most important thing to her, mm-hmm. you know, and and she would tell me the story every day, <laughs> sometimes more lucid than others, yeah, yeah. about her dedicating me to God yeah. and that, you know, once I gave my life to Jesus, there was no taking it back and that she knew that she was going to see me in heaven. I'm not going to fucking like, mom, <laughs> okay, know. enough of this bullshit. Like it's, it's like, okay, I, that yeah. is giving you comfort mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And you telling me this is giving me comfort because we were both suffering in different ways. She's suffering because she's dying from cancer and I'm mm. suffering because I'm losing, losing my it. mom. So yeah. in that moment, we recognize the suffering and we give each other comfort and it was a beautiful and wonderful thing. And mm. it's, why the fuck don't we value comforting each other mm-hmm. more than being right? Oh, right, right, right. And I don't have a good answer to that question. Yeah. But hopefully, as our listeners are engaging in this process, and they really do start to evaluate some of these things, and it's fucking heavy, right? Thinking mm-hmm. about my own mortality and thinking about death is a little bit heavy. Mm-hmm. Not sure why we did it on Thanksgiving, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we did. There you go. Well, we're giving you answers, right? You can find, I mean, you can find comfort in this mm-hmm. and you got to do the work mm-hmm. or you can go watch YouTube or TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Get, get that fucking dopamine boost. Yeah. Ah, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go waste hours of my life watching YouTube videos. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, so we would, choice. we would have to say, you know, don't forget the past. I mean, that's what's shaped a lot of good ways of looking at things. And don't neglect the future or <laughs> don't neglect the present because that's what we have. Right. And then don't be in fear of the future. Right. It's like, let's let's live now, but on purpose, right. you know, and sorting that out each other. And as always, we're more than willing to dive into this as far as anybody wants to go. Right. <laughs> so just contact us if you want to go deeper on any of these topics. And and be be very cognizant of resistance because this is an idea that that we can be very resistant to mm-hmm. our own mortality and kind of thinking about our meaning and and those kinds of things. And it's inter- it's interesting, right? Because it's kind of a new psychological era. 
that we're even afforded it's, the opportunity uh, yes. to be thinking about <laughs> yeah, right, these, right. that we're not just so preoccupied with daily survival mm-hmm. that we actually get to think about what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that Marcus Aurelius, he wrote his book of meditations and mm-hmm. it was a pretty brutal world that he lived mm-hmm. in. Now Rome was a pretty established empire. So he was afforded some thoughts that, some of the other people that the Romans were conquering were not, um, which I'm, that's not the point of this, but it's just, <laughs> it's, it, that's where that resistance kicks in when we start to think about that, because it's like, Oh shit, can't think about death. Can't think about death. And it's like, well, we're at a time right now where we don't have to worry about our survival yes, every right. day. Right. And we can think beyond that. And, we need to, because that's where real meaning and my real sense of security lies when I work this out for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's great. That's great. See, I don't know what the fuck you're so nervous about. No, I was nervous about what you were going to do at the beginning as the opening question. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just was, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go on a holiday rant. Cause yeah, you did. I had to let that out to get through the I'm, holidays. I'm glad you did. And you're absolutely right. If you start Christmas and the end of August, you'll never make it to December. I won't. Like, I'm an ass. So I have to guard myself yeah. from that shit. And I got people bringing it in my office all the time and, like, wanting to, put Christmas music on and it's again it's not that I'm opposed to these things but it's like too much chocolate I eventually get sick right yeah so just let's just hold off on that and uh bah humbug for now (laughs) okay well let's wrap this up (laughs) but really guys uh be sure and contact us if you have any questions or want to go further with any of this uh Facebook or our website Either one. Check it out. Anyway, just get in touch with us. We'd be happy to help if we can. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Merry Christmas as well. Fucking (laughs) not that. No.